internet brand strategist Sandra Beck interviews top business coaches, speakers, authors, and thought leaders to bring you the best business tips, tricks, and techniques to give your idea the best possible chance for success. From writing your first novel, to telecommuting from home, to taking your small business to infinity and beyond. Now here's your host, Sandra Beck. Hey everybody, this is Sandra Beck and I'm so excited today. I've got one of my favorite people to interview. I think we've done three or four shows before. His name is Barry Eaton and he is known in his native Australia both as a mainstream journalist, a broadcaster. He's got an internet radio show, radio out there. He wrote a book called No Goodbyes. He wrote a book called Afterlife. He's got a new book out and we are so blessed to have him on the show today. Barry, welcome to the show. Oh, with a rep like that, Sandra, fantastic. I'll come back anytime, back tomorrow if you like as well. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Lovely to talk to you. We're actually seeing each other because we're doing it on Zoom. So people just have to imagine what we look like. Oh, right. I mean, well, we're both clothed, which is rare (laughs) these days. I have pants on. Do you? Oh, yeah, yeah, i got pants on. Well, i got my slippers on under the desk. <laughs> I'm barefoot under the desk. No. <laughs> so, okay, you got a new book out. Tell me about it. And it's already sold out. How fabulous is that? Well, the first edition sold out. Uh, and, of course, with the, uh, uh, the, the madness that's sweeping the world at the moment, it was uh, printed in China. So we can't get another edition uh, for a few more weeks yet. But it's called Past Lives Unveiled. And it's actually the the third part of the trilogy of my Afterlife trilogy. As you said before, I I wrote, uh, first of all, Afterlife. That was published in 2011. Then No Goodbyes, the sequel. And now this is the third part, sort of. We've done all the Afterlife bit, what happens in between. Now we're going to talk about whatever the uh, sequence of lives is, the lineage of our souls, as my friend Peter Smith, who worked with me on this book, uh, describes it as. So that's the genesis of it. I love that. So tell us a little bit about you for people who are just meeting Barry Eaton for the first time. Well, as you mentioned, I started off, I started off as an actor, trained as an actor, and then having dropped out of law, and then uh, went on, became a broadcaster, radio and TV presenter, or an anchor, as you say in the States. Um, I've still done a bit of acting. I've run media consultancy companies. I've written uh, as a journalist, uh, lots of features, had columns in newspapers and whatever. But then in 1990, I had uh, a little uh, deviation from uh, my career because of divorce. And uh, I ended up going down the spiritual path. Well, I mean, we're all on the spiritual path, but I ended up really taking a giant leap ahead in that direction. And uh, I was sort of uh, guided, shall we say, to study astrology, which I did, uh, still doing a little bit of on-air work. And then gradually, it's um, gone to the stage now where I've been working virtually full-time in the spiritual area or metaphysical area because radio out there is a metaphysical, spiritual, and alternative radio program. And so that's where it is. I believe all my communication experience before that was, was necessary so that I can communicate with people uh, and help them to help themselves. That's the main thing. You can't just help everybody. Otherwise, we'll all sit back and say, you know, go ahead and do it. But you've got to do it yourself, haven't you? Yeah. Well, and I love how you say it so nicely, like, you know, led down the spiritual path. See, I was hit by the spiritual two by four, like, you know, like right (laughs) over the head going, you're on the wrong path. You're with the wrong person. You're doing the wrong thing. This is not what you were meant to do. And I, 
you know, Barry, you know, I, I just went right down to the bottom and had to reconstruct myself, reconstruct my life, you know, reconstruct everything. But, you know, the spiritual two by four that hit me was a financial crisis. I went through a foreclosure. I went through a divorce. My ex-husband left me for someone older and not prettier. I'm just going to say that right out loud. Um, you know, but my whole world fell apart. And I found myself with these two little beings, Max and Zach at three months old and three years old. And I had to figure out, Barry, what, what was I supposed to be doing? Because clearly, I was on the wrong path. And I knew it. You know, I knew it. I didn't know how to change it. And so spirit came in and just, there you go. That's what happens. If you give yourself over to spirit, Sandra, as you found out, and so many other people have found out, and the big word is trust. And if you trust, and they're not going to lead you down a, a dangerous path or yeah, you have a few obstacles shoved in your direction so that you can stumble <laughs> through them and learn from your mistakes. But apart from that, once you do discover this path, it's just wonderful where it takes you. It is. And it's not anywhere I would have ever seen myself. You know, I went to school for uh, journalism undergraduate, but I never wanted to be on camera. I never wanted to be on any sort of recording. I was a behind the scenes girl. And, you know, I end up at Disney, go to CBS, you know, get my master's degree in business thinking I'm going to be a captain of industry. And I was all those things, miserable, unhappy. And then now here I'm this, you know, podcaster 15, 16 years ago when people were like, a what? Do you sit in your parents' basement in your underpants, like, and, you know, (laughs) dream up things? Because it couldn't have been a less dignified, unglorified, you know, for somebody who went to a top United States university, you know, like the best business program in the company, why am I not running CBS, ABC, NBC? No, you're a pod what? I mean, that was, it was a little bit rough. I mean, would you want to be running any of those large organizations, especially no, under these I circumstances? No, I've never done that. You know, I, I did yeah. that. I ran a, a large national company. And, you know, Barry, I felt boxed in. I felt stifled. I, I felt like I didn't have my voice. And I kept getting readings like your voice chakra, your voice, you know, that chakra right here, whatever that one is. Throat and chakra. Your throat <laughs> chakra. And I, but I had no idea what, what that meant. Yeah, yeah. Well, once you open your mind and you start going down the track, it's amazing. The information will be drip fed in your direction at first. And then after a while, you can turn the tap on as much as you choose. And that's what, uh, that's what I've done over the years. I've, I've learned, I started off astrology, then branched out into the psychic work. And then uh, I had a, a relationship with a lovely soulmate. It was only four years long before she passed suddenly at only 52 years of age. And uh, so she connected with me from the other side. She's been um, instrumental in me working on my medium abilities, which I do now as well. And all of those things. So it, it happens in a sequence of events, providing, as I said before, you can trust and go down that path. And that to me has led to books. It's led to working with people in many different directions. At the moment, I do not only uh, uh, all this work, but uh, also do readings for people, astrology, psychic work. Um, and uh, now I do past life regressions as well. Having released my past lives unveiled book, uh, people are coming to me for past life regressions. And it is wonderful. It's wonderful what the past can reveal for you. There's no doubt about that. It's amazing, you know, Barry, like, because you, you know, you had this, you were a mainstream journalist, and, and you were a mainstream journalist like I was in an era where 
you looked for the truth. You tried to be unbiased and impartial yeah. and you, you reported that way. You know, it wasn't like the journalism is today, which is mostly opinion pieces and nobody checks their facts and they say it. And, you know, therefore it is. So, you know, in my era, we had a phrase that said, if your mother says she loves you, check it out. Like check your sources, <laughs> check your facts. Even if your mother says she loves you, check it out. And we, check it out. We grew up in that era of those type of journalists. So for us to be on a spiritual show on something that is very difficult in traditional terms to be quantified, to be proven, to be whatever is remarkable because I vetted everything I do. And I'm sure you did too, because old habits do not die hard. Well, that's so very true. And, and now, you know, I, I have guests on my program every week as well, and I'm, I'm checking that. But all the other information that keeps flowing, I mean, I'm learning things all the time. I've been doing talks this year on the impact of astrological uh, conjunctions like Saturn and Pluto and now Saturn and Jupiter in December and, and how all of this is basically was going to happen, whatever happened um, as far as the, the world circumstances are concerned. But you still go in and check. And that's the whole thing. I agree with you. To me, I'm so disappointed in so much um, current journalism because, as you said, it's all opinion pieces and they've made up their mind which party or which left-leaning leaning or right-leaning or middle-leaning or backward-leaning or whatever leaning they want to lean. Um, and that's it. Everything is based around my opinion. Right. And that, to me, is just wrong. It is. That's not news. News is the facts, and it's yep. left for the reader, the listener, to interpret those facts and make their own decisions. Like, yep. I don't like having decisions made for me. I, I want to think about it. Even if my decision is wrong, Barry, I'd rather know I made the wrong decision with my own abilities than to yep. just blindly consume any sort of media. And that's why I've always been super attracted to you and the work that you do, because I know you vetted it. I know you're not putting things out there because, oh, yeah. well, Barry thinks it. Barry says so. Like, Barry, whatever. No, like, you know, a trusted journalist, which is what you are and I am to bring this information, you have to have some credibility. You know, I looked up your past lives unveiled book um, and I'm going to get it on Kindle. Uh, but I love that you have sacred geometry on the front. Yes, <laughs> I must have been. I, the publishers chose that, but I was absolutely delighted because we looked at a sequence of covers uh, for the book. And when that one came, I just said, yes, that's the one we go with that one. And they agreed, so I'm really pleased. And thank you for noticing. You are the only person that's picked that up, <laughs> Sandra. I mean, it, it's, yeah, anyway, good for you. Thank you. Well, I, you know, we're hoping that the designer, when they put the cover together, you know, did that intentionally, not just like, ooh, isn't this a pretty symbol? But I don't think <laughs> there is that much accident with things like this. And Oh, look, I think subconsciously uh, we're led in certain directions. And if you are open and, and the publisher's... Uh, that I work with on this, on this particular book, uh, leaning in that whole spiritual sort of direction. So I think there would be some influences, shall we say, from the other side mm -hmm. that are there uh, putting little messages out. Well, and if you're looking to get a copy of this book, now Barry has not paid any promotional anything to be on today's show. It's just because he's amazing and I think he's terrific. Um, but the keep talking, book, keep, keep talking, Sandra. Keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He's a fine man. He's a gentleman. Um, no, sorry. You haven't but spoken to my ex-wife, have you? <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
available on Kindle right now, and yeah. the list price in America is $14.99. The hardcover, as Barry said, is not available. It is back-ordered, and so, you yeah. know... Uh, there I, are still a few online uh, places. I think Booktopia and a couple of others have got it, and, and Amazon. I checked Amazon the other day as well. I've gotcha. got it. Gotcha. A hard so, book and Kindle. So. Right. And Book Repository says an estimated six to 10 days. But if you want yeah. it now, like I'm a now girl, so I'm like, download it now. I want to I wanna read it. I want to um, read it now. It's $14.99 on Kindle, which is a great price for a book of this genre and this caliber. So well, let's talk about this. like, Because I love soul groups. And Barry, I think you're part of my soul group. I'm just saying that right now because I felt a connection to you day one. And I love doing shows with you. And that's pretty rare. Oh, thank you. Well, soul groups are very interesting because people sort of think, oh, I've got my little soul family there. It's like the family that we have or that we're born into. But, you know, more and more and more these days, we're experiencing extended families. And it's that in spirit. And we have uh, different levels of soul family, soul contacts. And we may have uh, different relationships. We've led past lives. Maybe you and I were together in a past life, uh, you know, seven or eight lives ago. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, but, but the soul connections are certainly there. And with people that we do have a, a big uh, leaning towards or an attraction to or whatever in this life, whether it's romance, whether it's business, whether it's family, whether it's learning and, and working together or whatever. Yeah, that is not a coincidence, I don't think. No. When, when it's a strong influence like that, there is a soul connection. There's no doubt about that. It has so that's one of the things I talk about in uh, Past Lives Unveiled. And, and people are, I, I think, accepting the fact that we have soul families. And the soul families are the ones, when we go back, uh, after this life, uh, and we move back into the afterlife, world of spirit, whatever you want to label you want to put on it, we are reconnecting with our soul families. And we sometimes dream about them. I, I guess we've all had dreams where you, you, you know you're with people that you know, but um, who are they? But their faces are familiar. Their energies are familiar. You know it. And this can be soul families because we leave the body at night, as you know, sure. uh, in, in our dream state because the physical body needs to rest, but the soul doesn't. So back we go and connect with our guides and, and our other members of our soul families and extended soul families. So, yeah, it's a good subject. It is. Well, because, you know, you, like me, meet a lot of people. In our industry, we meet a lot of people. And we meet yeah. it in a unique way. Like salespeople meet a lot of people too, but they don't generally get the in-depth you know, I get an hour, you get an hour with someone, you know, like I get an hour with Barry Eaton, which is so great. So, and I get to, to talk to you. I get to look at you. I get to experience that energy and that doesn't happen all the time. And that's one of the things when I first started really digging into this radio and I have four shows a week, you know, four hours a week. So that's potentially four new meets in mm, that. That's all the work. Yeah, it's a lot of work, but you get to a point where you're like, hmm, is this a connection for me or not? And yeah. I felt that connection the first time, the second time, the third time, and whatever time this is, it's there. There's a deep like, there's a deep affection, there's a deep respect. And you're in another continent, and we have never met in person. So how is this possible? How is it that your words come alive for me if there's not some sort of bigger connection well 
One of the guys, uh, not one of, the person I really work with in this is Peter Smith. Now, Peter is the outgoing president of the Michael Newton Institute. And that's how I first connected with him. I tried to interview Michael and uh, he'd given up doing interviews and whatever. So they referred me to Pete. And Pete and I have become really, really close uh, friends as well as colleagues. Mm -hmm. And he helped me write this book. He wrote the introduction. He did some regressions for me in the book. So I've, I've been regressed on a couple of different occasions here. He gave me some of his own case studies. So Pete is a fantastic. He's brilliant. He's done hundreds and hundreds of past life regressions. And um, Peter has that ability to be able to connect you with your soul, I guess is the best way I can and talk about it. And because your soul knows exactly where you're going and what you're doing here and, and where you've been and, and whatever, whatever, not only on this planet, but on other worlds as well. We've all had lives on other worlds. There's no doubt about that. And we've proved that. Um, now I've totally forgotten the, <laughs> the original question. I got on a roll. About, you know, that, that kind of feeling you get, you have an instinct about a person. You know, like oh, yeah. I said too, the deep like, deep affection, deep respect, yeah. but yet yeah. I've never met you. So how is that possible? Well, that's the, that's the thing. I, that was what I wanted to get into with Peter about. Sorry, I got carried away there with, with my friend Peter. Mm -hmm. uh, because Peter has uh, now written a couple of books on um, quantum consciousness mm. and this is the the secret to it because the whole area of um, quantum physics is opening up we've got quantum computers in the next stage of development here and all sorts of things but with quantum consciousness we can connect with so many aspects of ourselves uh, and also with people that we've never met because this whole quantum area and it's, it's a very complicated and I, I struggle at times to keep up with the whole thing, because my, I'm not, I don't have a scientific brain as such. Um, but, but Pete explains it all and, and he's brilliant about that. So I, I just loved working with him. And, and that is, that to me is the best explanation I can, can give you Sandra that, um, we are all connected anyway, because we're all part of a, an energy source that comes from the original source, call it God, whatever you like, but it is, the, the, the divine energy is we're all all a little bit of it and if we can connect on a quantum basis then we will connect i mean it's like anything you can walk into a room and suddenly think gee i'd, I'd like to talk to that person over there or the no oh, i don't want to go in that direction no oh, no why i'm going to talk with that person <laughs> and you 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 trust your energy and i think that's the way it works I think, yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think, you know, a past life regression, I've only had one in my lifetime. And it was so fun for me, Barry, because it explains so much. You know, when I did the past life regression um, with this doctor, and he was from Iran, he was Iranian, his name's Kevin. And he brought me back to like, or brought me, I guess, back to France, and then to Egypt and to, you know, to Israel before it was formed, you know, the Palestine area, you know, this whole thing, you know, all these different yeah. things. And then I'm like, oh, well, this is kind of cool. And my kids watched and, you know, took notes and recorded it. Then I come back into my house, Barry, and I start seeing my house in a whole new light. Uh. In my kitchen are French antique French prints of chickens in, you know, and they're written in French. Well, I'm not from France, you know, I'm from Buffalo, you know. And so I had all these French things and I talked very freely with him about how I used to cook in this stone kitchen, the copper pots, the whole thing. And that my specialty was cooking chicken. And I worked for this family where I, I cooked chicken and to walk into my kitchen 
and see all these things that that reflected to see that my my entire childhood i was fascinated with egyptian history and Tutankhamun and and trying to read hieroglyphics and then it came easy to me which was also very you know people like oh she's just a smart girl well now i look back and go no i probably could read hieroglyphics then and that's why it came easy to me i mean it Mm. explained a lot yeah well a lot of kids come back with this sort of knowledge i was just reading in my book earlier just refreshing my memory this little boy uh, he was only four years of age when he passed but in that four years he learned to speak three different languages was skilled at maths and history so he brought all this knowledge back he was able to, he was german but he was able to speak two or three other languages and at four years of age so right. and we have this knowledge, it's there, and we do bring it back with us from the past. I mean, Mozart's a classic example of that. I mean, he composed his first opera when he was five. Right. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he right. gave his first public performance a year later. So these child prodigies, where does that come from? It's not just some kind of magic gene that's been uh, given to them on, at birth. No, no, they've brought this back with them because I've got a wonderful quote here I turned up. Uh, from Winston Churchill, the famous uh, British wartime leader, who said, quote, if humans do not understand their past properly, they will never create a decent future. I think that says it all. It does. We need to connect with our past, understand our past. And, you know, we bring karma back with us. We bring all sorts of things to resolve. If we didn't have anything to resolve or learn or grow with, why would we come back here? We'd go somewhere else, do something else. So... Once you can come to terms with the past and understand that where you are now is a complete accumulation of everything that you have done in your past, mm-hmm. then you can really understand where you are and, and answers will start to flow. Absolutely. And that's the basis. That's the basic premise of my books, like, uh, my book. And it um, deals with all sorts of different areas. But everybody has a unique past life history. Everybody. And some have been... Um, have thousands of past lives. Other people are fairly young on the treadmill. So every single person, I've never met anybody here for the very first time. Well, not consciously met them anyway, so they're probably around. I think there's some of the kids that are coming through now. um, They're they're called star children or whatever. And I think some of those have come through from other worlds and they're here to help us in our crazy world. And I think some of them might be incarnating on earth for the very first time. But um, it's it's hard to tell until unless you do a regression with them. Right. But I think mm. there's some clues, Barry. You know, I'm a young mother, meaning I have young children. They're 13 and 16 now. And I can tell you, I can recognize some of these extraordinary t- children because yeah. of their wisdom. You know, some of these kids pop out and they say yep. something that you're just like, what do you like? four or 45, you know, there's just, and I think anybody who's open to all this, go to YouTube, go to YouTube and look at talented kids or kids got talent, something like that. You will see dancers, you will see musicians, you'll see mathematicians, you'll see orators, all of these disciplines in a five, six, seven-year-old, you know, there's no way anybody who's a parent knows you cannot jam this stuff in your kid like it's no either that type of stuff is either there and it comes out or it's not 
Yeah, well, it's basically like, I guess, buying a computer where you've got a whole lot of information that's been pre-programmed. And then all you have to do is go in and then learn how to use it under present circumstances. And that's what a lot of these kids are doing. I think they've got this knowledge that's there in their subconscious. They brought that with them. Because, I mean, our subconscious mind forms 90 to 95% of of our mind and our activities. We only use five to 10% of our conscious mind. The rest is in the subconscious. So if all that is programmed in there, as it is with all of us, I mean, we've got our past lives there, our forgotten memories, our accumulated knowledge, all sorts of things there. So if they've got it and it comes forth a lot easier, then that can explain just why they're here and what they are able to do to help us because they've got a knowledge. It's like, you know, instead of having to write the encyclopedia as we would in the old days from the word go, it's already there. You just open it up and check it out. Now it's called online. (laughs) Right. Well, and you know, when you say to these kids, how do you know that? How do you know how to do that? The answer is always, I just know. Yeah. Yeah. I just know, you know, where did you learn that? And, you know, and I get that kids are on YouTube, kids are absorbing information at a wild rate, but you're not going to become a concert pianist because you watched YouTube. No, that's very true. And not only that, but they have to be open to this knowledge as well. I mean, when we were kids, we were probably too busy, you know, running around, um, having a great time after school and and just enjoying playing outdoors or whatever. But these days, the kids have a very different lifestyle. They, they spend a lot of screen time. And that knowledge to them seems to be far more important than it ever was with us. Yeah, when we got out of school, instead of rushing off and doing homework when we were very young, we went off and played with our friends. They don't do that anymore. Well, some of them do, but I mean, it's, it's just not the same lifestyle these days, is it? No, not at all. Not at all. Um, and I think that's what's interesting because with all this open information, the open source information on the web, it calls into question now somebody's beliefs and as the very young children especially both of my kids they examine very carefully what's belief what is fact what what represents them at that moment and they know that beliefs are fluid and they change now I did not know that little farm girl growing up one church one town one horse you know the the whole thing (laughs) You don't get a lot of exposure to the idea that the world is so vastly different like you do today. And I think that's yeah. very interesting and it's challenging for me, but the kids aren't at all challenged by it. No, no, because don't forget they've elected to come back here or agreed to come back and they've come back on a contract no matter where they were in their previous existences. So they've come back here with a plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I've mentioned in my other books, we all have, uh, little dates with destiny all through our lifetime. And I call them, it's like a, a plot point in a, in a movie or a TV show. There's, there's these plot points all the way through character developments, uh, plot development, whatever. And then it depends the hero or the heroine reaches a certain stage. And do we go straight ahead? Do we go to the left? Do we go to the right? That's a plot point. It can be a transformational point. Now we have these in our life and they are there but our free will is what we then rely on as to where we're going to go next. Mm-hmm. And these kids seem to know more intuitively uh, these days. So that's obviously part of their soul development as well. I do believe we've got a very um, highly advanced group of, of kids that have hit the planet right now. I and do. they are here to help us. And boy, do we need help. Well, and I see the other thing that I see, Barry, and this isn't just germane to my own kids, I do a lot of work with kids and kids around the world, is that 
Today's kids are faced with extraordinary circumstances that grow them up very quickly and, and get them primed quickly to face these things. You know, I look at my son's peer group and, you know, one dad killed himself. You know, the other one has two parents in jail and we're in a nice affluent area. This, you know, this is not a, a, a demographic, psychographic financial situation, but you know, my kids spent five years in court with, with their dad, like all of these extraordinary circumstances circumstances that and yet they're all high functioning high straight a students that can matriculate and do all yeah. these things so why were they given such extraordinary circumstances it's because they have a big job to do they got a big job i think what it's our job as parents and in my case i've got grandkids to the same age as yours your children so we're here to guide them and help them get some balance because I think we've lost that whole work-life balance situation at the present stage. And we need to help them understand that there's more to life than just work and accumulation of knowledge and keeping your head in a screen all the time. We have to get that, that balance and life um, development and help them as, as people. Otherwise we're going to end up with a, a society of, of technology uh, nuts. When <laughs> uh, we don't want to do that, I have addressed that in my book uh, about a, an off-world planet uh, that I visited in another form, uh, and the the world there died because it had just gone overboard with technology, it lost all emotion, there was no love, and there was a cataclysm, and the civilization basically died. Right, collapsed. Totally collapsed, and now it's deserted on this world. And uh, the investigation that was going on from the uh, energy being that I connected with there shows that this does happen in various civilizations throughout the universe. And I think we've got to be very careful about this because we're moving in a whole technical area at the moment with uh, AI and whatever. Uh, we don't want to let it take over. We've, we've got to keep that balance. We've got to stay and not become a technocracy or. I don't know whether that's a word or not, but it's made it up. But we really must get that balance and not allow technology to be totally dominant. We've got to keep emotion and love in the world. That's really, really important. It's vital. Well, and I think that's what, what Google has taught us. You know, Barry, we have different generations have different um, skill sets, if you will, that are desirable. And when Google came onto this earth, it all of a sudden equalized those who could command the most knowledge wins, because that's mm. really what it was. It was, if you could remember all these facts, if you could do all this stuff, if you could matriculate in your head, like a computer, you were valuable. Yep. And those were valuable members of our society, our thought leaders, because they could do these things. Now, everything's on the internet somewhere, somehow, some way, right or wrong. Mm. So... That's the great equalizer because now, Barry, phone a friend is now look it up on Google. How many times do people go check it out, Google it, look it up, Google it? Of course, look it up, Google it. we all do it. Yeah. Right. So we don't have to master the information in our head anymore. Now the million dollar brains are the ones that can make sense out of all the data that's out there. There's tons of data. But those who can bring that data into something workable, reliable, truthful, valuable, that can be used as information, which is the definition of information. De data is just a bunch of random stuff out there. That's what you find all over the internet. Taking it, coalescing it, bringing it into something and creating something valuable from it, that's where the money is. 
That's true. And getting back to the point you made earlier about uh, the journalism uh, that uh, you and I grew up with, it's not a matter of just trusting the information that's there without checking it. Do your research. That's really important. doesn't matter whether you're a journalist or, or what you're doing, a data collector, whatever. Get out there and check and double check because so many people now, not only journalists uh, editorializing, but people are doing this. I've made up my mind. I've read this story. I've read that. I've read, I read this newspaper. Um, so, or, or I watch this commentator on TV. Yeah, and, and I'm, I don't have to think about anything else. And that's the danger where we're going right now. And to me, that's the danger of, of too much technology and not enough personal responsibility. Sure. Well, and don't believe us. Go ahead and check out, pick a story that's popular today. Go to Al Jazeera, go to the New York Times, go to the Washington Journal, go to the London Times. You know, what's your reigning, you know, newspaper in, in Australia right now? What are some of the names there that we can Google? Uh, we, we've got two. We've got News uh, Limited, which is run by the Murdoch Empire. And the other one is um, the Fairfax. So they're, they're the two sort of basically, I guess people would say they're left and right wing, but I don't know that they do tend to make a stance one way or the other. Sure. But, but my uh, point is go read the same article. Read, yes, exactly. 10 of the world's leading news agencies, and you'll get 10 different point of views, 10 different experiences, even in a black and white matter, that seems very simple, like either you said it or you didn't. And then all of a sudden, you know, and that gives you an idea of, of how, how we've gone so far from what is the truth and how do you yeah. define the truth? Is it my truth, Barry, your truth, Barry, the, the, the truth that sells newspapers the truth exactly. that gets viewers, like, you know, there's about seven or eight reigning truths here. Well, that's the whole problem. And, of course, uh, it's all dictated to, as we know, be behind the scenes because they're all working off uh, media releases uh, sent out by companies, by politicians, by uh, large corporations, whatever. And you either believe what that media release is and just basically rewrite it, or you believe what the politicians tell you, or you believe what politicians you like tell you and this is where we've got to at this stage we're, we're, we have an avalanche of, um, of information and opinions that are coming out there you've only you, you've got the big election coming up in less than two months now yep. or just on two months isn't it so uh, wow that's going to be a that's going to be a big one but between now and then boy are we going to see a complete range of incredible information so-called information thrown at us from both sides yeah because i you know as a viewer as a watcher as a reader and someone who abides by if your mother says she loves you check it out i have no way of verifying anything barry like everything that i watch read listen is looked at with a healthy dose of skepticism and when yeah. people ask me what i believe my honest answer is I don't know what to believe anymore. Yeah. I think a lot of people are starting to feel like that, Sandra. Uh, we're so confused because there's just so much division in the world. And that's the whole thing. Uh, this is my opinion. And if you don't believe what I believe, then not only are you wrong, but you're dangerous and we need to isolate you. Uh, and, and this right. is so Shut you I'm up unfriend you take you out of my life you know lifelong friends have been destroyed over yeah. these stupid things which we can't prove anyway you know as somebody who turns on the internet in the morning 
what proof do you have? I can't go and interview Biden or Trump or, you know, any number of world leaders. You know, you, you used to be able to trust the reporters for that, but you can't anymore. You can't anymore because they've all, all got their own strict political views and editorial within the organization they work for, and they can't go beyond that. And instead of allowing uh, an open discussion, which is what we really need. I mean, you can't have everybody voting for the one person or the one party or whatever. That would be ridiculous. You've got to have more than one. Otherwise, we end up with a dictatorship. So sure. you've got to have free opinion, but you've got to be able to tolerate other people's opinions and analyse them rather than just trolling them if you don't believe what they believe. So I don't know. It's, as, as I said, it's starting to get to be a, a very disturbing situation at the moment, Sandra. It is. I, I'm, I, for one, have, have not watched nearly as much news as I, I used to uh, because I find it all so disturbing. Me too. I, I've cancelled my subscriptions. I, I don't go on to the news agencies anymore. I'll kind of scan the headlines, you know, to see what's going on in the world, but I don't dig too much in depth because I, I, I don't have any any. Um, confidence that it's truthful. And you know what, we're at the end of our show. But one thing I do have confidence in, Barry, is I have confidence in you. I'd love to endorse your book, Past Lives Unveiled, Discover How Consciousness Moves Between Lives. And if anybody checked out if his mother loved him, it's Barry Eaton. So we're going <laughs> to say goodbye for now. And thank you so much, Barry Eaton, Past Lives Unveiled, Discover How Consciousness Moves Between Lives. Sandra, thank you. Always a pleasure to be on your program. On behalf of Sandra Beck, we want you to get out there today to make more money with less time and effort so you can live the life you want. Tune in next week for more tips, tricks, and techniques on Coach.